Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, and my guests this week are Jorge Placencia and Luis Casamayor, CEO and Chief Creative Officer of Republica Havas. Placencia and Casamayor started Republica in Miami back in 2006 with a vision of creating an agency that spoke to the new American demographic. Fast forward to 2022, and that foresight has led the agency to work with brands from Walmart to Toyota as they add nuance and context to their multicultural marketing efforts. In this episode, we also chat about how Republica is embracing DEI in their own organization and how Miami is becoming a hub for tech and creative talent. Hi, Jorge and Luis. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Allison. Thank you. Thanks so much for uh, having us. Yeah, listen, thank you so much. Looking forward to this. Great. So let's just start with an overview of Republica Havas. Um, talk to me about the agency, what you focus on. I know it's it's full service. So talk a little bit about how that, that shapes the offering. You want me to take that, Louis? Sure, you can start. Okay, okay I'll start. So, so Allison, so uh, Luis and I started the agency in uh, November of 06. And it, if you think back to that time, it was when Twitter... Uh, launched that year, Facebook reached the masses, you know, that year. So, you know, from our ethos, we've been a, a digital social mobile a- agency, right? We are full service. So we offer, you know, the full gamut of uh, advertising, uh, media communications. So, you know, the creative um, media, planning and buying, social, digital um, events, activations, PR, all, you know, all within, you know, within our uh, or under our roof here. Very cool. So, so how does that, um, you know, shape the way that you're able to service clients? I feel like a lot of, a lot of agencies are obviously segmented into media or creative, but you know, a lot of clients I think are, are looking for that integration. Jorge. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what's, what's great about, but the fact that, you know, Allison, although we do have clients that come to us for specific needs, right? They may come to us um, to, to handle their media or they may come to us um, for, you know, to produce an activation or some sort of promo tour or what have you, right? But the, the, the clients that we really kind of um, uh, are excited to, to really um, activate is when we're able to kind of turn on, right, all of the different facets of the agency, right? So when a client comes to us and we could work on their brand strategy and then they're creative, um, you know, the public relations team could help augment that, that message and support the message. You know, the events and activation team can, you know, go across the country and beyond to, you know, to bring these things to light, right? So it's, it's kind of when we're able to kind of, um, you know, all those levers kind of, um, you know, turn them on and 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 um, bring all those services together for clients. I think that's where where the magic of, of Republica Havas comes into play, right? When we're um, you know when we've got all of those folks around the table, and um, you know we're ideating together, we're creating to we're creating together, we're strategizing together. It's not done like you know in in different um, you know in different lanes, right? It's all everybody's kind of pushing down that same lane together, right? We're, we're all working together. That doesn't mean that we don't collaborate well with media agencies and with, you know, with social agencies or PR agencies as we work for our clients, right? We have to collaborate and, and do well in the sandbox, you know, alongside others. But when brands come to us, it's kind of all of that 
kind of working together that I think that's where the, the secret sauce and, and what makes our agency special. Yeah. So, um, Luis, talk about how that impacts your creative approach, right? Because you're not just leading creative team. Well, they are creative teams, but they're all across disciplines. So talk about how that sort of shapes your your philosophy as as CCO. Yeah, I think that's um, I think, you know, as George mentioned, you know, offering all these services, we're able to kind of integrate and have and have the same message going across um, all aspects of the communication. So and then also the differentiator, I think, with us, that's unique with us. It's um, we have 26 different nationalities represented within our agency. So we have people from from all parts of the world that are contributing to to delivering and, and creating these 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 assets for the clients. Uh, another thing is, it, and, and you know, to be honest with you, um, it's like a sports team, right? Uh, we're all, they're all playing football. Let's say a football team. They're all playing football. What makes a team better than the other? And I think it's, it starts with ownership, leadership, and the talent that's on the team. And I think George and I have, you know, we had a clear mission from the beginning. Um, we wanted to make sure that we hired the best people. But we also, we had an agency that was, um, that was you know, uh, financially sound. And we started with that to make sure that we can afford to bring the right people. And we put a lot of energy into building uh, the right agency offering the right services, as George mentioned, but also being able to attract the right talent. And, um, and, and I think, you know, with, when you have that right leadership, you have that clear vision, you're able to understand that we're able to bring in the right talent. And I think that that's what, that's the unique thing that we bring and that, that the agency brings to the table to be able to offer something unique. And then as, as well as offering all the different services, as George mentioned, we're able to control that message in a, in a meaningful way, uh, with an irrelevant way to, to our consumer. Yeah. Let, so talk a little bit about why you guys decided to start the agency all those years ago. I know, you know, you were independent for a while and then acquired by Havas, but walk me through um, like the white space you saw on the market and, and sort of like why, what the philosophy behind the agency I'll take that. Um, you know, we, so I'll give you a quick uh, background, uh, Allison. You know, my, my background before Republica was in media, sports, and entertainment. Um, I was coming from um, Univision. I had most recently been with Univision where I had you know, headed up the radio network and had been in charge of marketing and other things. Before that, I had uh, worked for uh, Gloria Estefan and her husband Emilio at Estefan Enterprises, which is their entertainment uh, company, you know, I was lucky enough that the time I was there was when, you know, in in the uh, late 90, 90s, early two thousands, when Latin music, if it's exploding now, back then it was really when it really started going mainstream. You know, I always think about that night that Ricky Martin performed the Cup of Life on the Grammy Awards. You know, that was in 1999. And that was really, you know, kind of that moment, right, that pinnacle moment. Well, I was working in the music industry at that moment. Before then, I was in sports with our baseball team down here, the Marlins. I give you that background because I brought all of that kind of background experience um, in, 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 in those different realms to, to, to Republica. And Luis, his background is in creative and design, right? So he had uh, a phenomenal creative shop called Cosmic. Uh, I was working for Univision. You know, since I was a little boy, I was a kid with a lemonade stand outside my house. I was, you know, I always wanted to go off on my own. I was always very entrepreneurial. Luis, you know, had this great shop called Cosmic and he and I were good friends. We, you know, we talk about um, the business. You know, I'd, I'd share with him that, you know, my goal one day was to, you know, to, to potentially have an agency and, you know, do my own thing. 
And then one day, Allison, he and I were talking and, and, and um, I remember we met up, uh, we, we met up for, you know, after work and uh, I had my, my Univision ID on, you know, and, and he, you know, and, and he pointed at it. He's like, you know, man, you know, you, you, you're doing so well with Univision, but you're always talking about doing your own thing. You know, why don't we, why don't we just do it together? You know, what you, you know, we complement each other. You know, he's from the creative side. I'm more from kind of the strategy marketing side. If we join forces, could be something interesting. Interesting. So, you know, he and I started mapping out what this new agency could be. And what was clear is that we wanted it to be an agency representing the new America, right? People like he and I, you know, we were both born in this country. Our families, um, you know, they they came over in the 60s, right? From Both of our families came over from Cuba. And um, he and I were both born here, right? But we are what you call, what we call a 200 percenter, right? We live, we totally live our mainstream American Anglo existence of having been born in this, in this country and raised in this country. But at the same time, we've stayed connected to our roots, right? And, and we felt that, you know, there was kind of a white space, as you were saying, for an agency um, founded by, by two guys like us, right? Guys that were born and bred in this country, yet were really, really connected to their culture, their roots, and, and you know, and, and all of that, right? And all the folklore that comes with, with Latin culture. So, you know, November of 06, we started. Um, he and I are not economists, so we didn't, you know, we didn't know that, uh, you know, soon thereafter, you know, in 08, as you know, it was a great recession. Despite the great recession, you know, we grew. We grew every year, and I'm proud to say that um, even now, with the, you know, through the pandemic, Republica grew. We we you know this past year we grew 25 percent. You know, so it says a lot. You know, it says a lot about how we kind of stay true to our mission of of just doing great work, like Lewis was saying, meaningful work, but also kind of connecting those dots, right, between languages, cultures, people, ethnicities, you know, all of the above, right, and mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and it's and it's worked. Here we are. We just celebrated our fifteenth anniversary, um, and and it, you know, and 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 as I look back on these fifteen years, obviously, you know, it's been a it's been a journey, right? Because it's been highs and lows and and tough times. Obviously, you know, the Great Recession was not easy. Despite that, we grew, right? The pandemic hasn't been easy for any of us. Despite that, you know, we we hunkered down, we focused, kept our eyes, kept our eye on, on you know, kind of our goal of continuing to grow. And we did, you know, over the last few years. So, um, you know, that's the story. And like Luis was saying, you know, we've been able to bring on, you know, we've had incredible and, in, you know, team members, employees over the over these 15 years. Um, right now we have, you know, we have, been, you know, really, really strong um, leadership team. You know, we have um, we've been able to attract some of the best people to, you know, we're based in Miami. So we've been able to attract some of the best people in the business to Miami. About six years ago, um, we, we identified a general manager um, who had, you know, run Madison Avenue agencies um, to, to come down. So his name is Anthony Bianco. He's been with us about six years as GM. Uh, we recently um, um, brought on uh, Katerina Goncalves, who was most recently at Media Monks in LA. She just moved to Miami to be our chief strategy officer. And, you know, and just, um, you know, this past week, um, you know, we announced that Luis is taking on the role of uh, creative chairman and uh, Tony Weissman, uh, who's, you know, one of the world's top creatives is joining the family as our chief creative officer. And he's moving from Buenos Aires uh, to, to Miami, you know, and he'll be here in the next uh, week or so. So there's just a lot of momentum around us, but it kind of has been through that 15 year journey, right, of, of getting here.
Yeah, I think um, your point about the 200% is super interesting. And I feel like, you know, you guys were sort of early in identifying a need for that to cater to the audience. Now, looking back, it's, you know, it's very obvious the way that the the demographics of this country are shifting. And I think a lot of marketers are playing catch up. So talk about, um, you know, how you work with clients. Like, do you feel like clients are embracing the Hispanic opportunity correctly? Like, where, where do you feel like they are along this journey? You want me to take that one? <laughs> I can. I can. Go, I can take a little it. bit of it too. I mean, I think. Um, I think some clients, or I mean, overall the industry brands, right? Let's start with the brands first. I think most brands, some brands are getting it, some brands are not. It, it kind of reminds me of, you know, like in the '90s in the internet and uh, and even now crypto, right? Uh, some people get it, some people don't. Those that get it and are curious and are committed to it do a great job. They hire a firm like ours. To be to be their partner and to execute against that vision and some clients don't have that and are not clear and are not really understanding it or or are intimidated by the market or intimidated by by what's happening in this country and the and the 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 evolution of it you know we used to be everybody called it the general market and then the the multicultural market and i just i think now the general market is multicultural in itself and if those that understand that and are investing into that are you see the, the the progress that they're making? You see the growth, uh, but again, some clients don't understand that, and um, and and I think that that's why we're in a unique position for those that do to come to us, and we can partner with them to help them get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Jorge, anything you wanted to add? Yeah, to you know, I would just add to what, in what Luis is saying. Um, you know, what ends up happening, and Allison, you've seen this over the years that you know sometimes you know like maybe a brand eight ten years ago they dipped their toe. Right in in Hispanic, let's say Hispanic. When we talk about multicultural, obviously is you know Hispanic, African American, Black, Asian American, Pacific Islander. Right, that's kind of the different groups that make up multicultural. But in Hispanic specifically, you know you you know you had a brand maybe eight ten years ago dipped their toe, um, translated some ads, really didn't live the culture right, and and then you know maybe it did it wasn't successful right. Uh, and then they they got turned off. Well, but they didn't do it the right way because the right way, and obviously, if I could, you know, to our horn and the horn of of our industry is, you know, to you you got to partner, you got to bring on a partner that truly understands the market, that lives it, that understands the community, not only at the grassroots level, the grass tops understands, you know, how important influencers are in our community, all those things, and 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 that's where I think. You know what's what's been exciting for us is when we have a, a, a marketer that says, you know what, um, I need to get this right. We've tried it before; it hasn't worked. We got to get it right. Can you help us? You know, and and we hold that person's hand throughout the journey, right, and throughout the process. And I think that's 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 exciting for us, right, when we're able to do that and we see that, you know, that uh, you know that brands are you know some some that have been in for. For decades, like you know, P and G brands and and others, obviously they've been reaping the rewards of decades of loyalty. It's a very brand loyal market, right? So the loyalty from from the from this market, you know, part of my role and our role here at Republica is we go out and we got to preach, right? And we got to share the message, right? And we got to share the message of the opportunity and and kind of the 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 
you know, the business that brands are leaving on the table when they when they don't focus. So, you know, we, we end up working many times with, you know, um, with um, C-suites and boards of directors and 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 others within companies, it's just, you know, heads of strategy and say, you know what, our growth, we actually have clients that have told us, you know, our growth, double digit growth over the next five to 10 years is going to come from this market. You know, and I think it's it's pretty crazy when you think that there are brands that to this day are not investing. Right. Um, and and again, it's not only about language. It's not only about, you know, running something in, you know, in language. Yes, language is still a part of it. Spanish is, of course, still a part of it. But it's also about, you know, having having messaging, having communications that connect and tug at our heartstrings. Right. That are culturally relevant to us. I think that's that's the you know, the other part of this that, um, you know, that that we feel is so key um, yeah. connecting authentically. Yeah, I think to your to your point, it, it multicultural and I'm making air quotes, even though you can't see me used to be about, oh, let's translate this ad into Spanish or, uh, you know, Cantonese or whatever it is. And now I think marketers are really understanding it's a lot more nuanced than that. And I think they're also coming to terms with the fact that, like, maybe the language we use to describe these markets are outdated. Like, what do you how do you feel about this term multicultural, where does it need to evolve to sort of really capture the opportunity here? You know, it, um, it's interesting, you know, and as, as I like to, to say to, you know, to potential clients in regard to translation, uh, uh, translations, a lot gets lost in translation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so key to what we do. Right. Cause a lot gets lost. If you, if you literally translate something, um, going back to like kind of the nomenclature of the industry and, you know, like Luis was saying, you know, years ago it was a general market and then you had the Hispanic market and African-American market and you have multicultural, you know, we, there's a term that I think is, excuse me, that it's, um, that I think is, is kind of where, 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 Things, you know, we've used it in the past, but I, I really think that more so it's it's this kind of cross-cultural marketing, right? Where where you're, you know, where you're truly, you know, marketing across cultures, right? And I think that's, you know, I think we've got to understand, especially as this country gets more and more multicultural, right? People, people in this day and age, you know, my brother's older than me, you know, his generation had to shun their Latino roots, you know, many time, many people in that generation, you know, would would you know would not even admit that they spoke Spanish or that they you know where they were Hispanic. My my generation is much more, and and those and those younger than me, right, are much more about embracing who they are, embracing their culture, embracing everything that makes up you know their you know their ethnicity, right. And I think that's what's you know, what's, what's going to be so important as we move forward. It's kind of like embracing all these different cultures and making sure that as a brand, um, you know, we, we, we are authentically connecting, you know, with, with people. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but, but that's uh, kind of, no, that makes total sense. I think, um, you know, it's interesting because you guys are sort of pushing creatively, like this is how we can speak in a nuanced way, but in what ways are you limited by just the way that the industry looks at multicultural and the planning tools that you have and like the, the vernacular that is used to describe this group? Yeah. Lewis, you want to take that? No, go ahead. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a great question and, you know, we find ourselves, 
educating, right? We are educators. Like I was saying earlier, part of our job is preaching, right? And and we do that many times within, you know, just a big, uh, recently a big CPG company um, that uh, we, we, we work with. Um, recently, you know, their CMO said, "You know what? I want to want to make sure that you know our team members are are aware of the importance. Can you, you know, can you guys prepare something that kind of shows the demographics and and the growth and the opportunity and the you know and all of these things? Because you know what's interesting, Allison, is it's 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 for us. It's obviously second nature. We've been living it forever, right? For a lot of people, it's new, right? And and we got to understand and respect that, right? And we got to understand and respect that that." Um, that you know, it's our job to to kind of um, you know kind of beat the drum and make sure that that, that people are understanding that you know a chunk of the budget should go to this right mm-hmm. uh, a, a piece of the budget that kind of is is uh, in line with you know if if the Hispanic for example and I'll take Hispanic you know as an example you know Hispanic population is you know almost twenty percent of of the U.S. population well. You know, the reality is, you know, uh, uh, about 20 percent of the budget should be going to this. Right. Because mm-hmm. because you've that's because how you're reaching these folks is very different than how you're reaching, you know, someone um, that's um, fully, um, you know, Anglo in in the Midwest. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's just very different. You know, they, their existence is very different. What you know, the media they consume is very different. How they live is different. It's just different. It's nothing you know, good or bad, it's just a different existence, right? So as marketers, we need to understand that, that, uh, that uh, one, one size does not fit all, you know, when you're looking at the vastness of, of the, the consumers that the brands are trying to reach today. Totally. And I think uh, what's helping is like the media conversation is starting to shift this way, like investing in diverse owned and targeted media. Um, So, so I think that helps. Luis, I'd love to hear from you, like, is there a campaign you worked on that, you know, or a client you worked with over time that you were really proud or impressed uh, or just noticed like the way they were able to reframe their thinking about multicultural? Well, I think there's one in specific that, that comes to mind where well, there's two. Right. And, and I think um, in the Walmart and Toyota. Right. But I'll, I'll start with Walmart. Uh, we were able to, to, you know, they came to us and they were they were they were kind of challenged on, especially on, on online space with kind of the reputation in the Hispanic market, uh, it, whether it be their employees or, or their pay or whatever, or certain stores within certain areas that they weren't, um, you know, kind of up to par with other areas, right? Let's just say. And again, those were rumors that were kind of circulating online. So we had a kind of like a reputation, uh, kind of reputation management to work with them on. So we were able to build a platform where we can, from this platform, we were able to to kind of different pillars to help validate that. And we've had tremendous success. And that platform is called Mejor Contigo, or, you know, Better Together is kind of like, the, again, the translation, which is not exact, but it's close enough, right? But so this Mejor Contigo campaign, we were able to, again, different pillars, whether it be health or, or, or um, financial literacy or whatever it may be, different pillars that we worked on to help elevate the brand and the perception of the brand. And it's been tremendously successful. And it's been about, George, I'm not saying about four years now or three years. No, actually, I think, yeah, um, over four. Well, yeah, over four yeah, yeah I've, I've, the pandemic, I kind of lost a year <laughs> in between there. Right? And, and then Toyota is another one, which is a very similar um, challenge that we've had, again, to just elevate the percent, even though Toyota has done a really, really good job in the in the in the Hispanic space, especially uh, uh, over the years, you know, communicating well, and they're the number one, um, 
you know, uh, to selling to Hispanics. They're the number one um, car maker for that. So they've done a great job. But again, deepening their reputation and their and in, in the community and, and localizing it into a very meaningful way. They've done a great job, and we've done so many things across the country in activations and on the PR side and on the online side that's been very, very, very successful. And there's specific campaigns that we've done, that, and we've partnered with uh, celebrities and, and so on that have been fantastic. So those are two that I can think of, and there's many others. Right now, we're working as well on a similar front with Diageo. Uh, on their overall platform. Uh, and that's a similar approach that we're taking then with responsible drinking and, and so on that I think has been just been well received. We just started with them pretty, pretty recently and it's been great. One more and, um, and is AARP. We're also working with them and it's been hugely successful, the work that we've been doing uh, overall, um, again, connecting with the Hispanic consumer. And that's another, you know, another one with language like George was mentioning and we talked about earlier you know, before they were talking directly in Spanish, right? And we, over time, we've been switching to, switching that over and, and communicating with them depending on the target, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing either, either you know, both languages or sometimes English only to the these, these, these Spanish or, or Hispanic consumer. And again, we've seen the increase of that because they're connecting in a more meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like language is so important. I mean, certain Hispanic Americans, some some don't even speak Spanish, right? Exactly. So right. If you're if you're targeting them with Spanish, it's they're we, not going to understand. We we had some. Uh, it's interesting you say that. We had um, colleagues from from Havas here last week, and and um, you know they were visiting, and you know in Miami, and by the way, in other parts of the country too. But you have people that are pretty successful day to day that came over from you know Latin America, Caribbean, you know Brazil, where that. Don't need to speak English, right? Because they could live their life, you know, in in for the most part in Spanish. Because you know their community that they live in, a lot of people speak Spanish. The media they consume is in Spanish. A lot of their coworkers are bilingual. So it's it's a uh, it's it really is a phenomenon that um, that that as marketers we need to be you know aware of and sensitive to, right? That um, you know, like a lot of these folks, if you're if you're not reaching them in language in Spanish you're missing a big chunk of consumers, right? So totally. Um, I, I want to flip the question now and ask sure. which, what are brands still getting wrong about multicultural marketing? You know, I, I think it's, I think it's, and you know, and we see it, we still to this day, unfortunately see it often, you know, when, when they're, when they're doing, you know, when brands are doing things that where you're, um, you know, for, for lack of a better word, um, doing things that are stereotypical, right? Doing things that, you know, uh, that are still, um, you know, the Hispanic market has grown, has evolved, has deepened, you know, it, as I like to say, you know, we, you know, we have a Hispanic, a Latina on the Supreme Court, you know, um, you know, the, the, the community has really come into its own and, and in so many different ways in this country. And, and many times it's leading right in regard to music and in regard to food and, and many other things yet, you know, many times that's that, that, that you, 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 you know, you don't see it sometimes, uh, reflected, you know, in, in, in commercials or in messaging or what have you. So I think it's that it's, it's, you know, when, when brands, I think, you know, they, they really should work with, with partners such as us. Um, like I was saying that could hold their hand so that they're not doing something that's gonna, that's gonna, you know, they're going to be investing for, you know, 
it's going to, you know, their, their messaging is going to go on deaf ears if they're running spots or, or, you know, any, any content that, that is stereotypical, right? Because that, you know, we, we're so past that, you know, we're so past that as a community and, um, and, and our community sees beyond that. And I'm telling you, they will, they, they, you know, again, it will go on deaf ears. So I think that's it, you know, just erasing the stereotypes. And George, I want to add to that. And I think, some of the brands that are not doing it right either are, are those that don't have the representation internally on their side, right? Mm-hmm. Because we we sometimes present even on, even with some of you know some people that we present to, whether it's a pitch or some of our clients, and they don't have the rep- representation, they don't understand. They say like George was just mentioning, well, Hispanics don't have that level of you know, or they're not at that level, right? So we need to kind of bring it down because Hispanics don't can't afford that or shouldn't be driving that or shouldn't be doing this or shouldn't be doing that. So can we bring it down a bit? And because they're not really understanding that Hispanics do have the, the financial wherewithal to, to attain some of these things. So, so there's some of those challenges that we face and I don't want to pick on a specific brand in general, but it's overall that don't have the internal representation. I think it's important because they help, they help the, the brand managers within there understand what the what that should be and how it should be and how does it live realistically so i think yeah. i think that's also super important that is such a critical point if you don't have people internally who can represent the diversity and nuance of the hispanic population then you're and i think that's a really important point like how many countries are spanish speaking right like it's not this one monolith of hispanics so understanding those cultural nuances are is super important too Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And understanding that, you know, we all speak the same language, but like you're saying, there's differences between, you know, Venezuelan and a Puerto Rican, a Puerto Rican and a Colombian, Colombian and a South, you know, and a, you know, Bolivian. You know, we all speak the same language. There are common threads between us, right? The things that are important to, to Hispanics across the board are pretty pretty similar in regard to, and you, you know, you always hear this, but it's true. It's a hundred percent true. I say with my own, you know, family, faith, you know, community, love of, you know, love of country, love of, you know, all those things are kind of common threads within all of those communities, but you got to understand that there are nuances to each community that as a marketer, you need to understand, you need to be sensitive to, right. And, you know, there are words, that um, in one country mean one thing and another thing mean, it means something completely different, right? If you, if you don't have, you know, if you're not working with, with, with a partner that understands those sensitivities, I think, you know, again, you, you know, a brand could, could make mistakes, right? And, um, and, and, and that's our role many times, again, is just holding, the, holding their hand and just shepherding those things to make sure that, that things are being done right, you know? And, yeah. For sure. I even anecdotally, I I studied Spanish for many years, uh, Castellano Spanish. So from right. Spain and, and I've definitely been in uh, Mexico or South America and said something that could get me in right. trouble. So yeah. I mean, there's words that for us, uh, you know, Cuban-Americans, it's it's nothing. And, and you say that word in Spain and it's like a know, curse word. Right. Exactly. But you, you know, unless you know that. Right. It, it um, it's interesting. So. Anyway, one thing I do want to say, Allison, because we're talking about a lot about Hispanic and it's something we're, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's def- definitely a sweet spot for us and something, you know, that um, we're very proud to, to work with brands. But what I also think is interesting um, about us, if I could say it is, you know, we also work, you know, we, you know, we happen to be a great creative shop based in Miami, right? So we also get to work with some great clients where we do 
some phenomenal general market work. And going back to our ethos, as I was saying, you know, starting in 2006, that was if you look at that first press release that we sent out back in 2006, you know, we we didn't say that we were a Hispanic shop. You know, we were a shop that understood kind of the new America. Right. And I think that's kind of what's been so great about what we've been able to do here is, you know, a, a lot of our clients um, are multicultural and a lot of our clients we work with in Hispanic. But, you know, we also have a number of clients that we work general market. You know, we're able to do just some great, you know, great creative communications, media, whatever we're doing, you know, general market. And it's and it's been fantastic that those agencies and those, I mean, I'm sorry, those brand mark and marketers have, um, you know, have felt, you know what, this agency, you know, they get it, right? They get the, they get, you know, how things are changing and how we have to be, you know, we have to embrace all these different cultures. So in that regard, it's been, it's been pretty great too, you know, to have some of those clients. Yeah. Well, that makes total sense to me. Like you guys have a very, uh, you know, progressive and, and, and modern understanding of the market in general. So why wouldn't you be able to do great creative no matter who the target is? Right. Yeah, um, and we were, you know, like I was saying, we were both born here, right? And a lot of our team was born here, right? So, um, you know, I think that's pretty cool, right? That we're able to, to kind of um, just um, focus on, you know, who are we targeting as a brand? And then let's go deep into that target, right? And... Uh, yeah. Well, to your point, I think, um, you know, you brought up talent and you guys are based in Miami. Um, talk about like with everything going on with the great resignation and the pandemic, like, do you find that, you know, this this fresher take on the market, this more multicultural nuance, your, your location in Miami, which is, you know, becoming such an attractive city sure. for, for a lot of different reasons, like, has that helped you throughout this? Absolutely. Lou, you want to take it? I'll take some of it and you could add like you do so well. But I think, listen, we weren't, weren't immune to that, to those, to the, some of that turnover and all that. We had a little bit of that as well. Uh, however, like you mentioned, you know, when we first started Miami, it was a tough market to bring in talent. Uh, but as it's evolved tremendously, the, the amount of talent that is, is here and wants to be here. We get calls every day, but I think one of the reasons that we've been able to maintain, and I'll and I'll talk about something that validates that towards the end of my point, is 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 you know we, the integrity that we work with that and George and I we were very clear we did these fourteen principles that we created early on. We can share with you after Allison, um, and um, and we stay true to those. If staying true to those from the beginning, before we even opened our doors, we had those, and we were very clear on that. Being very clear on that. Um, having the empathy with for their staff and really caring and having like a like a family. If you see our, our space and anybody that walks in here feels the energy, and that's been super important for us always, and we've maintained that throughout. And that's what's been a challenge to us when the pandemic, when everybody worked from home, it was hard to kind of keep that same intimacy that we had when we were here. However, we were able to do that. And like I was saying, to validate that, um, Havas does a survey globally, and it's called Havas Say, and they. They anonymously reach out to all employees across the globe, and uh, and then they categorize them into each agency and so on. And we were in the top two agencies in employee engagement in the globe, mm -hmm. uh, which is a huge feat. And again, this is right, the survey was just taken in February. So this is after the pandemic and after everything we went through. So it, so it's proven to us that our formula works, right? If, we, if we're you know, committed, we're clear, we're clear on the vision and where we're going and what we want to do, then everything else that comes around just helps. You know, Miami and the, and the fact that it's becoming such a, a hot city for, for 
technology and for creativity, that helps bring people over. Mm-hmm. But I think staying true to the core, I think, is what helped us. And that's why we we're able to maintain talent. Not only maintain talent, but recruit, you know, talent like George mentioned earlier, some of the best talent that we've brought in recently on the, on the executive level just to help us continue to grow and continue to have yeah, if I can build on that, you know, just um, just yesterday, um, Allison, we were having a you know a, t- a hybrid town hall. We, you know, we're about 175 people. Um, I would say we have had about 100 here at the office, and the rest of folks participated from home. And it was our first hybrid town hall, and you know ever, but it's obviously the first time we get together as a team at the office and, you know, like that in two years, you know, we've, we've, we've started coming back, um, you know, transitioning back into the office for what we're calling, you know, meaningful moments, right? So what are those? It's everything from team meetings to brainstorms to, you know, to gatherings, to town halls, you name it. That's what, you know, the office is, is uh, as we transition back, that's what the office is, is being used for. And we just started that last week. And so far it's working beautifully, right? With, um, as I'm looking out my door, I'm sitting at my desk, as I'm looking out my door, you know, um, a number of desks, you know, that for two years were empty are now, you know, I see, I see people. Um, but one thing that I want to say, building on the Havase that Lewis was saying is the survey, you know, there's a few, again, anonymous and people get asked these, these questions. Am I proud to work for this agency? 92% said they're proud to work for us. Like are the folks on our research team says, George, that's over nine out of 10 people are saying that they're proud to work here. You know, and another one that I I thought was great, I feel respected at this agency, you know, 93%. My agency is committed to DE&I, right? 96%. So these are things that as as we see these numbers, you know, it's just, despite, you know, the, 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 you know, the last two years, the pandemic, the great resignation, you know, and I think something that's been interesting also that we've seen, Allison, is, you know, because you have people, obviously, you know, now I've, I've read that it's being called the great remorse, right? Some people are saying, oh, what did I do, right? Why did I, why did I, you know, why did I make this decision, right, of leaving wherever they were at? But, you know, we have what we call boomerangs, right? People that have gone, tried something else, you know, be it a, another agency, a competitor or, or another industry or whatever. And then they reach out and they're like, you know what? I missed what I had. I didn't realize, you know, I thought the grass would have been greener wherever. Um, but like I say, you know, our uh, pit bull says, you know, um, you know, the grass seems greener on the other side till you get to the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are now re- realizing that over the last two years, maybe they've made decisions that oh, weren't the best decisions. And, um, you know, and we're, and we're, you know, if it was a good employee, a hardworking employee, a caring employee, a, you know, a person that, that was, you know, was great at what they did and, and a great part of the team, obviously were, you know, the doors, you know, are open, you know, to, to, you know, and we've been able to bring, um, you know, and I think what's important about those folks is also they tell their colleagues, you know what, I went to XYZ place and, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Right. So anyway, it's a, it's an interesting time we're living right in regard to talent. And, you know, like Louis said, you know, the survey was so recent and the fact that we've got back some great numbers and that we see so many people back, um, is pretty cool. And, and, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I could keep talking about this for for a while. No, I'm super interested that, you know, you scored so highly on um, your agency caring about DE&I. What is your approach there? I know, obviously, you are both leaders of of color, of different backgrounds at the agency. How does that shape your approach? You know, uh, we we absolutely, um, in regard to DE&I, you know, we had started on this path, um, you know, before um, 
you know, the George Floyd. And, you know, we had started on on a path of um, we had launched something called the greater good. Our greater good is in honor of a woman that worked here for, for 10 years. She was a vice president here. Um, her name was Wendy Grant. Um, she died uh, three years ago of, of, of breast cancer. She was a person that she was larger than life and she was always doing stuff for the greater good. So Wendy passes and, um, you know, we her former office, um, we named the greater good and now it's a meeting space. Right. But Wendy was you know, a, a top African-American leader here in Florida, right? Very well respected and just somebody that, that was beloved by us and by many. Wendy passes and we were already thinking of starting our DE&I, you know, efforts in a bigger way here at Republica. And so we, you know, we talked about, Wendy would always talk about doing things for the greater good. Fast forward, we ended up creating the greater good, which is our DE&I committee, right? And this committee is a volunteer committee. Anybody, you know, throughout the agency can join it. And it's all about, you know, it, it touches the different points of the eye, but what it's most what I'm most proud of is about we do a lot of mentorship for uh, folks on the team. They sign up and we mentor college students from a, a, his, a, both Hispanic serving institutions and um, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. You know, we work with our HBCU here um, in South Florida, Florida Memorial University. We work with the FIU Hispanic Center. We work with different um, different uh, entities. And to date, Allison, I'm proud to say that over 40 students have been mentored by our team members. Wow. Okay. Which is, so, so we have mentorship. We have, um, you know, because I think a lot of, you know, a lot of What's important, too, is just understanding each other, understanding why I am the way I am and, you know, what, you know, as a Hispanic American or a Cuban American, right? Why, you know, so, for example, last year during during um, Black History Month, we had a, um, um, a panel um, on, uh, you know, on virtual panel where we had um, Afro-Latinos, right? And giving their perspective as, you know, African-American Latinos, right? So we had Yvette Pena, our client from AARP. Sid Wilson, who runs um, the the CEO of the Hispanic Association on, uh, on Corporate Responsibility. And we had Yadira Santana Dowling, who's an Associate Director of Strategy here, and she leads our DEI efforts. So hearing from them, um, you know, their, you know, their struggles, their stories as, as Afro-Latinos. We did the same with, with um, women leaders. We've done mental health um, awareness efforts. We, you know, so it's all year long. Um, are, you know, we're living kind of DE&I throughout Republica. And it's something that we're proud of, right? Because I think that to really understand one another, we have to understand kind of why we are the way we are, where we came from, where our ancestors came from, and and why that's so important to who we are as human beings, right? And I think the more that we are um, inclusive in that way and understanding of each other, the stronger we're going to be as humans, but also as a company. And how can we how can we do what we do if we don't do it right. ourselves? Right. If we don't do it ourselves, how can right. we really do it genuinely and authentically right. for others? So I think that's why we put so much effort and emphasis behind it. Too. Right. Totally, Absolutely. you have to walk the walk, or mm-hmm. it, it falls flat. Um, Absolutely. Thank you both so much for your time. Uh, this was this was so interesting, and um, hope we get to talk soon. Thank you, Allison. Really appreciate it. If whenever you're in Miami, please stop by. We'd love to host you. Oh man, I hope to be there soon. I love Miami. <laughs> Thank you, Allison. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, 
Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.